15. Let's pray uh, just a moment here as we get into this message. Father, thank you so much now. Thank you so much for your presence, for your spirit who is with us, your spirit who is upon us. Lord, we look to you. We treasure and value when you speak to us, when you reveal things to us. It's precious to us, so very important. And Lord, we look to you now. We look to you for good things to happen. We look to you for answers to come and victories to be won. Lord, we, we acknowledge you as the source of life, as the source of wisdom and direction. We honor you as the source of every good and perfect thing. Lord, tonight we do look to you and thank you for your manifest presence. Thank you for your glory being revealed in us and through us and all around us in Jesus name amen amen oh the Lord is so good well we're talking tonight uh, we, we started a couple weeks ago about uh, the glory of God the glory of God and uh, and the Lord is already pleased with what's happening here tonight and uh, <laughs> and when the Lord is pleased you are pleased <laughs> and I am pleased because he can wrap his arms around you like no one else he can come into the room and, uh, you know, I mean, you know how sometimes there's a, there, there, you may have a friend or a spouse or someone, they come into the room and, and things just kind of brightens the room and brightens your day, makes you feel good. And, and sometimes people are just so positive when they come in the room, it kind of makes everybody happy, makes everybody feel good. And, uh, and praise God for those kind of people. Hopefully we're all to some degree that way. But I tell you, when the Lord comes in the room, oh, no one can outdo him he'll lighten everybody's day praise the lord removing every burden afflic affliction and bondage just by being in his presence i, I remember uh, uh listening to brother hagan years ago and and he would talk about uh when, when he would travel and minister uh there there were times when he would be because he oftentimes in those days when he ministered would would stay with people in their homes uh, and, and, you know, they'd have meetings for a couple weeks or something. Uh, I remember this one particular time he was, he was making mention of the fact that when he was staying with someone, he could keep their uh, sickness off of them while he was with them. In fact, one time uh, he would made mention of this pastor who had uh, diabetes. And, and he, he just told him, he said, as long as I'm uh, staying at your home, here your blood sugar will will register normal you won't have any problem with it at all while i'm here and uh and 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 that was exactly what happened as long as he stayed there that person's uh blood sugar went normal and even lasted some to some some time after he left and then it went back to normal and sometimes people don't they don't say well how come he didn't stay healed well ultimately how many know we all have to we all have to believe each person is responsible to stand on the word for themselves and walk in the promises of God for themselves but I just it what was happening there is he had faith and he had confidence in God in him and really as we'll see and as we have seen already to some degree that's the glory of God in manifestation that he knew that wherever he was and if he could get around some person, that he could kind of override any of the enemy's work in that, per, in, in that circumstance and situation. 
likewise it's true i know sometimes people have come in here and uh and they've had symptoms and all kinds of stuff it's just gone as we worship god because i mean not just about me and my faith it's corporate it's just the corporate belief and faith that we have in this in this house and the presence of god that comes that's many times pains are eradicated now sometimes people don't understand that uh, they have to continue in that if they don't sometimes the enemy can come back with a counterattack, and these kind of things can try to be thrown on them again until they'll stand up and live this way and i don't know about you but i want to live in the glory of god i i mean i don't have any doubt that if uh, some of some of you had uh, situations in your physical bodies coming in here and even mental thing mental issues of man worry and stress you came in here if you would check that you'll notice things have been alleviated that you're less worried already there's peace there more so than before and where you had pains they're less just being in here why because God's presence is manifest to a certain degree in here it's the glory of God in that place I tell you what it's just amazing we're going to live someday in this and it'll be turned up to a hundred percent all the time <laughs> and we'll have glorified bodies to be able to handle it and it'll be wonderful but we're supposed to experience God and his manifest presence in this life in the earth and there is nothing no evil force no disease no pain or problem that even comes close to it in potency there is nothing that even uh, even rattles it just for even a little bit almost like light and darkness you know how they never battle Light and darkness never fight. Light comes on and darkness flees. The glory of God comes in. And I tell you what, if there's any demonic and evil forces hanging around, I think they're flying against the walls. I think they're going, ah! Just, you, you know, sometimes when Jesus would walk up to people in, in, when he was on the earth and they were demon-possessed, that all of a sudden these spirits would start crying out. And they'd start freaking and flipping out just because Jesus walked up. Ah! They'd cry out, who are you? You son of God come to torment us before the time. And, and it's like, chill, man. What's the deal? Well, <laughs> they're really uncomfortable in God's presence. And I tell you what, just like a demon spirit is really uncomfortable in, in the presence of the glory of God, likewise, all kinds of curse all kinds of pain and trouble and and mental problems and physical problems they just don't really mix with god's glory that that's why i think if we can stir our own faith up we can elevate this to a greater degree and i'm kind of teaching without using the scriptures here we'll get to them uh, we can elevate this to a greater degree so it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and don't get me wrong, there's some, there's some, the knobs are turned up a little bit right now. It can get stronger and stronger and stronger till, listen, we could, we, there could be such an atmosphere where any person could come in here with any physical problem or mental problem and 100% of it would immediately disappear off every person in the place. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is his glory uh, not strong enough to deal with any particular thing? Say, what about someone who's, you know, uh, got advanced cases of, you know, cancer, you know, or, or, or AIDS or something like that? You talked about those things too? 
<laughs> they are so nothing. What about someone who's got mental problems, maybe, you know, retardation or something? Is that too difficult for the Lord? See, we see some of those things that, oh, that's different. That's, you know, that takes special therapy. And listen, this is the power of God we're talking about. The glory of God. He spoke the worlds into existence. And he is almighty God. And the more we expect of him and magnify his name, his glory fills the place. And this is what, a, this is what the Christian life is supposed to be about. Come on, we're not supposed to live in our, just in our own presence. Here I am. <laughs> Big whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Here the Lord is. I mean, I want it to be so much so that when we come into a place or we're in a place together, that it is so God that we're less focused on people. We're less uh, aware of man, about about you and his personality and how this person looks and looking at everything external. Let's be more conscious of and aware of God in all situations. And when we are, we've already stepped up walking in His glory. All right. Now we're talking about the glory of God. Praise God. I, I just like it. Mm. I like it when we don't just talk, but we also experience. And I really believe that's what the Lord wants. And He's He's leading us and and directing us as we as we share this message, uh, because He's He's a God who wants to reveal Himself. He's a, He's absolutely not hiding Himself from you. Come on now. He He's making all of His He, he wants to make all of His will known clearly to you. Why would he want you, the apple of his eye? Why would he want you, his favorite? We're all his favorites. Why would he want you to walk around in, in confusion, not really knowing? Why would he want you to walk around and, and just kind of suffer through life, not really uh, be able to experience the fullness of who he is? Why would he want that? I tell you, he doesn't. He doesn't for a second. In fact, every time you're struggling, it grieves his heart. But, but, he wants, but he's not going to just go around the system because that's his will. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. I mean, the, the, the more, more if, if it grieves you at all to think of someone being separated from him for eternity, I tell you what, time's a million, and it grieves him. And so because of that, though, how many know people still have to believe People still have to receive what the Lord has done. Because he loves him, he, do, he, he doesn't just come in and say, okay, you know, I, I love you so much, and so I'm going to make an exception. You cannot believe, and you'll be saved anyway. <laughs> you can just kind of skirt the system and go around it, and, and you'll get in anyway. It, it, it doesn't work that way. For one, it's, it's called breaking spiritual law, okay? Someone has to be justified. And if that's true for a, for a believer or for an unbeliever coming into, the, coming into salvation, is it also true for a believer who wants to know more? A believer who wants to experience more of God and His glory? It's also true for us. Someone might question, if you really say God wants me to just know everything and experience so much of Him, then why doesn't He just do it? Well, why doesn't He just go save your neighbor? Why doesn't he just show in and say, okay, you're all good? <laughs> because that's just not how it works. He is a faith God. We must believe him. Remember Hebrews eleven six. 6, those who come to him must believe. Not be a good idea. They must. God said they must, they must. 
They must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that same thing is that's true for a non-believer coming into salvation. It's true for you and I to want, wanting to experience, experience more and know more and uh, see more of his glory. What must we do? We must believe. We must believe. What? That he is. And he is what? Well, certainly the foundation is that he exists. You know, but we must believe that He is in us. And quite a few, and, and a number of things. But we must believe that He's a rewarder. Once you and I believe and are convinced that God will reward us, that's what turns Him on. That's what pleases Him. You not only believe that He exists, even the devil believes that, but you believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Why would someone seek Him? Well, a whole lot of people don't seek him because they don't believe. They might, in theory, in concept, but they don't really believe that he will reward them when they seek him. Think about it. If you really believe that God would reward you, God knows how to reward, by the way. He's not going to put a little sticker on you and say, good job. <laughs> <laughs> you get a star <laughs> no the Lord knows how to reward <laughs> more than anyone who knows how to reward but if we really believe that if we sought him we sought his face that he would reward us with a God kind of reward a God sized reward oh we'd be seeking him a lot more but oftentimes we read the scripture and say, yeah, amen, that's good. But it's not really established in our heart. Again, what one of our scriptures in John 11, where Jesus said, if you would believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe that he is a rewarder, what happens if, for those who diligently seek him? Well, you get the reward. He wouldn't tell you to believe that he's a rewarder if you're going to seek him and not get a reward because that'd be unjust. That would be incorrect. Believe that he's a rewarder so that when you seek him, you get reward. Well, what do I get? What kind of reward? What are you seeking? What are you seeking him for? Well, I'm seeking him for, I just want to know him more. You will. If you'll seek him with expectation to know him more, you, you will find him. Remember? Is it Matthew 7? Seek. What happens if you seek? You shall find. That's one of those universal laws. It works in all circumstances and situations. What you seek, what you go after, that's what you get. That's what you find. If you're, you know, a, a person who lives on the, in the backside of a jungle, never seen a Bible, never have, has had anyone share the gospel with him, we, know, we have this on good authority from Romans that if a person will acknowledge God, even in creation, what happens? That's the very beginning of God revealing himself to them. He'll show them more and more. What do they need to do? Seek him. Seek him. Say, I don't know who, who I'm seeking or what I'm seeking. I know that God, there must be God. And Lord, I, and they don't mean, they not even know to call him Lord. I, I just want to know you. I want to know something. That God, God's pleased with that. What happens? Seek and you will. It'll happen. 
that person will come to a knowledge of Jesus, no matter where they're at. I mean, uh, this whole principle, of course, you can see it practically. Uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, an, a red car, and you're, you know, you're, you've been looking in the ads or maybe going to the car lots and looking at maybe a certain type of red car, uh, you know, a red whatever. You want a red Toyota. How many know that almost overnight, the city is going to fill up with red Toyotas? Everywhere you go, there's another one. There's another one. Where did all these come from? All of a sudden, the moment I started wanting a red Toyota, everybody's got one. Well, they were already there. But what happened is you sought them, and so now you find them. Many times, listen now, many times the things we want and desire and are seeking, and really are not seeking yet, the things we want, desire, and need are in front of us. The answers are there. We just haven't seen them yet. This is where we've got to be quick to understand. There's a whole lot more out there than you know, than I know. There's a whole lot to be seen that we have not seen. There's a whole lot of answers and, and ideas that we have never yet grabbed a hold of. How do we get them? Seek. And in particular, we're seeking God for these things. But you'll find out that your eyes become open. You'll see possibilities and options that you've never seen before. Comes by seeking. Anyway, John 14. Praise the Lord. He's good. In verse 21, Jesus said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. You see that it's the Lord's will that he manifests himself to us. How can I get that? Well, apparently my obedience is key to, is key to that. If I love him... It's going to manifest then in doing what he says. And if I'm going to do what he said, he said, I'm going to show myself to you. I'm going to manifest myself to you. When God manifests, oh, it's wonderful. I've seen some people manifest before, and it was pretty ugly. <laughs> you ever seen that? Woo. Some of, them are, some of them are on American Idol. You ever seen that? <laughs> they manifest, and it's ugly. <laughs> But when the Lord manifests, it's so good. The Amplified says that verse this way, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Oh, that's good clearly seen by him i don't know about you i like that i like clear <laughs> it's i know some i know some of you wear wear, wear uh, eyeglasses and if you didn't things would be kind of blurry right isn't it so much better to see i mean i imagine to some degree it's kind of an inconvenience i've never had to wear those th thank the lord uh, i imagine to some degree though that having to wear glasses or contacts some people wear contacts that's kind of inconvenient maybe you get used to it i guess uh but it's kind of worth it to see isn't it 
<laughs> little inconvenience. It's worth it to not run into things, to be able to read. And, and uh, it's worth a little inconvenience to see. Seeing is very valuable. And, and to, to clearly see the Lord, would that be worth any inconvenience to you? <laughs> uh, it'd be worth anything you had to go through. If you had to take a little extra time seeking Him. You had to uh, change some behaviors in your life to be in obedience to Him. Would it be worth it to clearly see Him? Oh, too many people looking at a fog. Yeah, they're looking at and They just don't accurately and clearly see the Lord. And if you don't clearly see Him, you're not going to be as close to Him as you would if you really knew Him. Because the more you know Him and see Him accurately, the more you will be drawn to Him. Amen. And so... Uh, the Lord really wants to reveal himself to us. God is of more value than anything. You remember last time we were, we were giving you some definitions of some Greek and Hebrew words that are translated glory. And you remember uh, one part of that was that it, it's, it means weighty. The glory of God, it's a, it's a magnificent thing, but it's, a, it's heavy. <laughs> it's a very weighty thing that speaks of value. That speaks of how much uh, God is worth in his glory. It's wonderful. It's a very weighty thing. And uh, uh, giving God more value than anything, that is glory. See, sometimes people don't experience much of God's manifest glory because they don't give enough weight. They don't give him glory. Understand what I'm saying? When you honor him, he'll honor you. When you give him glory, that's when his glory comes to be in your life. What does that mean? I'm giving him the rightful place in my life. I'm giving his word and his direction and what's valuable to him. I give that a lot of weight in my life. I give it a whole lot of importance. When God's word and everything he says and does is important to you, you open yourself up to receive more. You open up your life to experience more of Him. Uh, we mentioned to you uh, this. I don't know if I gave you the scripture. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample it, trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you into pieces. Now, of course, this is a scripture that is given us wisdom and direction in what we share. We need to understand that sometimes people not receiving your testimony of the Lord, stop. Okay? Sometimes you're speaking to people, you're not supposed to tell them everything. Not supposed to try to give them everything you know. All right? Some people are not going to receive it. They're, it's like putting the pearl in the pig's nose. The pig doesn't care. You're wasting your pearl. You could give him a rock, you know? <laughs> You could give them nothing for that matter. It's going to make no difference to the pig. All right? And sometimes people treat valuable things of great spiritual and eternal value. They treat them as if it's another rock. They treat them as if it's nothing important. And the Lord says, don't do that. And if he's telling us, don't do that, guess what he's not doing? That! <laughs> He is not opening up his treasures of wisdom and glory and power and everything to people who don't give a rip. People who are going to just treat it as common and, 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 and take a casual approach to everything he says and does. 
those folks are not going to get it. All right? Again, understand, not everybody gets the same things from the Lord. Not everybody has the same amount of wisdom and revelation given to them. It varies by a person's faith, by how they'll seek God, and this is a biggie, how much weight they will give to what God does. If God moves powerfully, we say, well, whatever. Well, hope you enjoyed it. Might be a while before you see something again. Are you listening? Because he's not just going to, he's going to move on to someone who has respect. Someone who's got some honor. Someone who's got some, uh, some character in their lives where they'll, they'll give the Lord the honor that he deserves. Take a look with me over at Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13. If we are not seeing the glory of God in manifestation, it could be that we are lightly esteeming what God is doing. It could be for no other reason than we're not giving Him enough weight in our lives. Because when you do, He shows up. Remember, we read last, last time about if we honor Him, He'll honor us. That's how the Lord works in these circumstances. And let me just, before I read this, again, when we talk about seeing God's glory, there's a number of ways that that, that, that can be manifest. Jesus made mention of it when Lazarus was raised from the dead. So we know that miracles and healings, those type of manifestations, are the glory of God. Okay, There are some other unique manifestations we've looked at a little bit, um, where clouds come, where fire comes. There's a, 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 a manifestation in the physical realm of these spiritual things, where people see clouds and fire, and Old Testament and New, and... Uh, and that could be a way where the glory is manifest. But it's not all about that. It's not about, well, I'm just waiting to see a cloud. Uh, there are other ways where the glory of God, where we have seen the glory of God in manifestation. But there are things we haven't seen too. But the Lord has already said, said to us that we're going to see things we've never seen before. I'm talking about prophetic words, you know, to, to our, us. He's been thinking about us. Right here, little old Boise. <laughs> God, I mean, it's a big world, some big cities around, a lot of people. He's got us on his mind, Amen. not to the exclusion of others, but we're seeking him. Amen. Okay, we're going after some heavy stuff. Amen. We're going after some weighty material here. Yes. And I know that when you do that, you get his attention. Yes. Okay, God is not looking a different way while you are seeking him. He is, he is paying full attention to you and your life. And when you give weight to his business... You've got his response on the way. Glory to God. So that's why we're going to see more. Yes, God said it, but he's stirring us up. God will tell us these things. Sometimes the Lord will say things to us through prophecy and through the written word so that it will stir our hearts to go after it. Because he knows. He set this in motion that if you'd seek, you'd find. And he wanted you to find something. He wanted all of us to find something. So he stirred us up to seek. He put the desire in there so we'd go after it. He wanted to show us the whole time. But he knew, I've just got to get him to seek. I've got to get him to believe that I'm a rewarder. I've got to convince them that if they'll seek me with all their heart, they'll find me. 
And I don't mean from a position like we're lost and we need to find him in that way. We're saved. He's with us. But there is more understanding and wisdom and knowledge and things that the Lord wants to do in us. And show. If you think you've reached the limit, you've capped out the Spirit of God, i got to tell you, you've got another thing coming. There's more for you to go after. Praise the Lord. And the more we experience, the more of an influence we have. I mean, talk about, it's just easier to win someone to the Lord when God's presence is manifest on you. I remember years ago, and uh, we will get to this, but uh, I remember years ago I was putting on these meetings, and uh, not while we were here in Boise, but I had a, uh, a friend who was doing the, who I had doing uh, the speaking and ministering, and uh, we had just had some really great services at night, and and, uh, and God moved good. There's a good presence of God in these meetings. And then we go out to eat. And that's how preachers get fat. Um, <laughs> preach at night and then go out to eat at 10. <laughs> Fill up and go to bed. <laughs> anyway, that's a side note. Uh, but we'd, go, we'd have these meetings and then we'd go out to eat at the restaurant. And, uh, and almost the very first thing, without waiting at all, uh, he would start speaking to the waiter, waitress, the server there, and, and start sharing the gospel with them. And it was wild because about 99% of them would, be say, would, would accept the Lord in just a few, a few minutes there. I thought, man, this guy, he's got pretty good success here. <laughs> I mean, how was it so easy to get everybody saved? Because, I mean, certainly... You know, the gospel is power in and of itself. But one thing he was doing, he was taking advantage of the manifest presence and glory of God that was on him from coming out of that meeting. And, and God's presence was still there. And you've, you've seen this sometimes. When you've been in a good meeting, it's like he lingers on you. We're talking about the anointing. He lingers and he's there for a while. And sometimes we just enjoy things. Wow, God is on me. Well, maybe we should use that. Huh? And don't go into the restaurant and say, God's on me. Can you feel it? Do you want me to put a veil on my face, my face glowing here? <laughs> no, don't be weird. Just be normal and be natural and have faith in the power. Have faith in God's presence and watch that all of a sudden you find yourself being more inspired. You kind of know what to say without preparing. You find your words just flow easier. And your words are more powerful each time you speak them there's something riding on man god's anointing is real it's so it's so it's so real i know this for certain if i had to do what i do and 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 fulfill the call in my life without an anointing man it would be really bad i mean i could memorize a few jokes and try to get people to laugh or something but it would be dry after the jokes you know it would just be real tough but i'm very conscious of Sometimes more than others, but overall, I'm very conscious of God's power working through me, and it makes what would be difficult for me naturally, it makes, he brings an ease to it, it brings a flow to it, and man, and lives are changed. Well, how is that possible? It's only by the Spirit of God. It's only by the grace of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Verse 10. Now, over here, this is, Jesus was telling the, he was giving the parable of the sower. 
in the first part of the chapter there. And then after this, he gives the explanation. We want to read the in-between part here. Remember the sower talked about the farmer? You know, the sower goes out and sows seed and it falls on different types of ground, which represents the heart. In the middle of that, verse 10, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now just hold on for there for a minute. Can we see? This is the these are the words of the master. Jesus said, I'm giving this to you, but I'm not giving it to them. Say, does God really do that? Does he reveal some things to some people and not reveal those same things to other people? Yes. On the authority of Jesus, he will pop over one person and reveal it to somebody else. I don't want to be the person he pops over. I don't want to be the person, okay, that was a good story. What did that, what, what did that mean? Might remember, oh, maybe I remember that story about the seeds and the, the, the thorns and all. But what does it mean? That's what's important. How many know that's the, that, that's the question? What uh, does it mean? He went on to say here, for, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Now, this might, if some of you are thinking that doesn't sound fair, just hold on. This is Jesus talking here. We're going to accept from the get-go that he's right. God is always right, and he is love. Okay? But these principles are still true. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In, and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, for their, the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So not only was this taking place, he's saying this was prophesied. God said this in the Old Testament, prophesied that this would take place. There would be people, they'd have dull ears, and so that's what's happening here. I'm speaking to them in parables. They have dull ears. They have dull hearts. I'm looking for that, make sure I said that right. The ears are hard of hearing. They have closed eyes. Well, I guess the question would be why? Why do they have closed ears, closed eyes? Why do they have dull hearts? And why won't the Lord explain the parable to them? <laughs> Someone said, well, if he won't explain it to them, maybe he won't explain it to me, and I'd really like to know. Well, the very fact that you would like to know is a good indication. How many know not everybody wants to know? Not everybody who hears with their physical ear knows they even have a spiritual ear, <laughs> knows that there is a possibility of understanding. They don't care, and, they, and they're disqualifying themselves. Let, let, let me point one thing out to you, at least one. Uh, back in verse 11, he said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Been given to you to know the mysteries. So there are mysteries concerning the kingdom of God. Obviously, to a person who knows them, they're no longer a mystery. 
But what this word uh, means is it's, it's a word that kind of means, uh, it, it's like um, in college when they have uh, fraternities and uh, sororities, that type of thing. And uh, you have to be in the group to get access to certain things. If you're a part of that fraternity, okay, you're then an insider and you have access and you, ha- you can partake of certain things. But if you're not, you can't. It's like you need to know the secret handshake. And if you know the secret handshake, you can come on in. But if you don't, stay out. Okay? And, and what he's saying here, it's been given to you to know the mysteries. In other words, you're, you're an insider. You're in the club. You're a part of the group. And so I'm going to explain it to you. But those who are on the outside, I'm not. It's not been given to those who are on the outside. Now, here's the good news. If you've received the Lord, you're on the inside. And he wasn't saying about these people who he wasn't explaining to. He wasn't condemning them to permanent outsidedness. (laughs) Right? How many know if someone's on the outside, they can come on the inside? Once they're on the inside, God will begin to reveal things to them. But as long as someone keeps a dull heart, a closed eye, a closed ear to what the Lord is offering, they're not seeking after Him. They stay on the outside and they hear and don't hear. They see and they don't get it. And the Lord's not going to explain it to them. But when a person will come after Him seeking, when they will, be, when they will show uh, the slightest bit of faith in what he said and said, I believe that God is and that he's a rewarder, they go after him, get ready to go because God has been waiting for you. I tell you what it's like when you get, you know, your foot in the door. Remember as, as kids, people, they, you know, try to run into a room and slam the door to keep anyone else from coming in. If you could just get your foot in there. In between the door, you know, you've got it open. They're not going to be able to close it. You'll be able to force your way in. Just get that little crack in there. And I tell you what, when a person will crack the door to the things of it, you might be a person you've not sought much in the past. You may have never looked into these. If you'll open the door a little bit, just start, just start to believe. Just start to seek Him. Just start to open your eyes, soften your heart and say, Lord, talk to me about what I don't know. Show me what I've not seen. I've been living in darkness and confusion and without, but I'm here to see more. You open the door and God's light's going to start to shine in there. And He's pushing (laughs) because He wants to come in all the way. Hey, here I am. And God will begin to reveal Himself. Oh, glory to God. The more we seek, what happens? The more we find but again we see here there are mysteries and it seems that not everybody has access to them now we know as believers we're in the family we're in the club we know the secret handshake you know we've got the name of jesus we've got the right and authority to this but even within the body of christ some people are going after stuff more than others and so we we know that some hearts are more sensitive some eyes are are more open some ears are paying attention more they're giving again giving weight giving credit giving uh, proper respect to the Lord and his business and therefore they qualify to have some pearls amen amen they qualify to partake of what is holy God's stuff is holy this is serious business and if you want it you can have it 
but you've got to treat it as holy. You've got to show him honor. You can't treat it as whatever. Add it to the collection. Just set it over there. No, this is from the Lord. I'm going to set it right in the center of my life. Shine it up. Make it the most important thing in life. That's the kind of person God wants to reveal himself to. Praise God. In order for us to see his glory, we've got to give him glory. Give him glory. You know, we'll just, we'll finish up here, but you know, uh, kids learn how to honor God and show respect to the Lord growing up by how they're allowed to treat their parents. And sometimes parents, parents don't realize that they're teaching their kids how to relate to God by how they relate to them. And of course, our desire is to be godly <laughs> in our example. But I think sometimes parents will allow their children to act in such a way that is very disrespectful. And therefore, that gets translated into their relationship with God. They don't give Him the proper honor and respect. Therefore, they will never experience Him to the degree that He wants to show Himself in their life. Because if they're not giving Him weight, He's not going to give him, them all He's got. And so sometimes, you know, even when a, even when a parent will argue with their, ch with their child, well, you don't know this, but you're limiting how much they're ever going to see in their relationship with God. So people don't take it that far. But how many know parents, parents and children don't argue ever? Why? Because, because a person in authority, you don't treat your child like an equal. Well, we're buddies. You are? I've watched that. I, I put priority on being parent, being authority, and commanding respect. And if you ever, if you ever entertain an argument with your child, you're teaching them something. What are you teaching them? A lack of respect. So shouldn't I let them argue their case so they, you know, they learn how to stand up for what they believe? No. No, that put plain opportunity to state their case in life. Well, what they need to learn more than that is respect for authority, that they honor their parents. And they don't have a, a you know, they don't, not this, this talking back stuff and like we're going we're gonna to fight. You know, I, I think I've told you this before. I don't really like the, and if you do this, just smile. Uh, uh, I don't really like the terminology. I've people, had people come ask me um, about picking or choosing your battles with your children. They say, I want to just choose my battles. In other words, they got a lot of conflict, and they're, they're saying, well, some things I just let slide because I'm, you know, I don't want to battle over everything. I'll just pick my... I don't... Here's where I'm coming from in this. I don't think parents ought to battle with their children at all. At all. You say, well, how is that possible? You just don't. You say... Because if something is going to be a rule or going to be a, a law in your home concerning your children, you, you lay down the law. There's a lot that goes involved with that. It gives you credibility as far as you doing it. But uh, there's a lot that gives it credibility. But when you lay down the law, there's no argument about it. Say, and say, well, they want to argue about it. 
just don't. You say, this is what's going to happen, and uh, you can do it, and things will go well with you. <laughs> if you don't, they won't. But we're not going to argue about this. We're not going to have any kind of battle. I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, am I going to battle with the Lord? Is he going to kind of duke it out with me? And No. He gives me his word, and I choose. I'm going to do it, and things will be well with me. Or I'm not going to do it, and they won't be well with me. I'm not going to talk him into changing his mind. Are you listening? I'm not talking about being, I think parents ought to be more flexible. I think parents ought to be flexible too. Not talking about that. I'm talking about honor and respect that must come. And must be taught at a young age. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot more difficult to learn it later. And some of you, you grew up that way. And you were allowed to, man, just rip things up and slam doors and yell and fuss and fight and do whatever you want. And I got to tell you, you've got to learn respect for God. Because you will treat Him the same way. Everybody still smiling? <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Well, it'll help you to experience more of Him. You want the glory of His presence manifest in you? You got to give Him glory. Got to give Him weight. Give Him respect. Got to give Him honor. When you do, He'll honor you back. And it's so good when He'll honor you. Amen. 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 Praise God. There should be some things in our lives that are not light and frivolous. We all, you know, it's fine to have things that are light and frivolous. Separate the two, though. Know what's like, this is unimportant, this is fooling around, this is joking, and what becomes absolutely weighty, serious in your life. And when you're able to treat God that way, just throughout your life, you, you're, you know He's there. And whenever you think about His business, it becomes serious to you. Not that you can't, you can be, uh, I'll probably touch on this later, but you can have fun and enjoy and laugh and still maintain serious with, with the things of the Lord. This is one of the reasons, uh, you know, sometimes I've seen people and they, they want to they wanna joke around like, you know, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And sometimes you'll see people kind of kidding around with that. Ah, oh, just be healed or ah, oh, just come out and, and, and in the name of Jesus this and they're kind of goofing around. And uh, that's one of those things I don't do. Okay, I'm not throwing rocks at you. I know most time people do that. They're not meaning bad. But I, I am saying this. Uh, I think you're not giving it enough weight. Because uh, it's kind of like playing with guns. <laughs> you got to watch out. Some things you don't play with. You got to treat it serious because of the very nature of what it is. When it comes to the Lord, I, I, I know when, I, when I'm going to pray for or minister healing to a, a person's body through the laying on of hands, I don't want to have just been joking around about it a few minutes ago. And now someone's in real serious conditions. And I'm going to use that spiritual tool uh, to help get them healed. I want my hands to be powerful. I want my words to carry weight. I, I, I want my, I'm not going to joke around about praying and, 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 and those kind of things. No, because when I pray, I want it to be effective. And I, you know me, I'm a jokester. I like to goof around, have a lot of fun. But I have personal limits on the inside of me. And sometimes there are things where I won't joke about them. And maybe as I grow further, because I'm still growing, uh, as I grow further, 
maybe I'll tighten up a little bit more. Maybe there'll be some areas that I used to treat light and frivolous and I'll recognize, you know what, hey, hmm, might want to back it off on that one. Okay, never to the point where I'm going to be stiff. I don't think that's, I don't think that's godly. You know, we don't ever smile, don't ever have fun. Because, that, that, you know, that can be reverence as well. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. Yes. Amen. Father, thank you tonight. You're a good God. Thank you for your holy presence, your glory. We're coming on up. Lord, we're going to see more and experience more of you. Thank you for helping us tonight. Lord, you've given us utterance. You've given us uh, your, your presence, a measure of yourself. Ah in manifestation and Lord for this we're so glad so thankful we we treat you with honor and respect and where we don't help us to do so more Lord if we've despised you in any way if we've we've lightly esteemed you in any area of our lives help us to step it up help us to make a change Lord it's our heart to honor you in everything it's our heart to be respectful to you in everything and if we're not again Lord show us where that is so we can make an adjustment we can make a change we do hunger after you we seek you your face more now than ever oh glory to God and I thank you that you are we know this you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you so father tonight we we thank you for your presence we thank you for your glory thank you for your wisdom for every part of you that is in us and is being revealed to us. We'll not take it for granted. We'll not treat it as light. We'll not, uh, we'll not lightly esteem anything you say or do. And Lord, we, we just seek a full measure. Lord, have your way in us. Have your way in us. Do what you want to do and say what you want to say. We humble ourselves before you under your mighty hand, and you exalt us in due time. Lord, bless you tonight. We thank you for your, your, your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Glory to God. Father, for those who have come tonight that have never been saved, maybe some of you.